Welcome to the Tech Diva Success Podcast. This is a short weekly podcast that focuses on tools, processes, and best practices that truly fuel success for women in technology. We thank you for tuning in, and we hope you walk away with at least one best practice that will help you level up personally or professionally. What can you take action on that will make you 1% better? This show gives us space to grow that amazing potential you have inside of you by bringing you guests from all walks of life and allowing them to share their success secrets with you. I'm your host, Nicole Scheffler, and I consider myself a tech diva with over 15 years experience in a technology career. And I'm committed to sparking tech diva success with my collection of various books, podcasts, and projects, including our other podcast, the Diva Tech Talk podcast, which is all here to inspire you and is dedicated to women in technology. I know you're going to love it. So on with the show. Welcome to this episode of Tech Diva Success. I am just so honored to be doing this podcast and able to spend time with so many amazing women. Someone asked me the other day, hey, Nicole, how are you handling the pandemic? I'm getting so crazy not seeing people. And I was thinking to myself, well, I'm pretty lucky because I get to speak to people like Lisa Anderson (laughs) on this show who just share a common mission to make people better. Lisa Anderson is the president of Positively in Pursuit, which I love, Positively in Pursuit. And she's a certified leadership and career coach with 25 years HR experience. Her coaching business focuses on women in leadership who want to intentionally work on finding their voice, building their courage, and increasing their own leadership so that they could propel their careers. Her new book, Invisible Professional to Influential Leader, is a leadership tip book for women leaders who want to confidentially and authentically serve. She works full-time in corporate America, kind of like me, as the chief HR officer. Now, I'm no chief HR officer, but I also have a full-time job and then do Tech Diva Success, and she does that as well. So she really knows what it takes. She's at a tech company doing HR, and she has worked at every level of HR. So what a wealth of wisdom. She's done it all. Recruiter, HR manager, director, VP, chief HR officer. So she knows what it takes to grow and get there and have a seat at the table. And that's what she helps her clients do. She has her master's degree in human resources management from Troy State University and a BBA from James Madison University and has all of the HR certifications, as you could imagine. And she's a certified professional coach and certified in energy leadership. So obviously, Obviously, a lot there because you are amazing. So welcome to the show, Lisa. Thank you so much, Nicole, for having me. I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> yes, it, it, we're going to set it on fire here together. We're going to light up some success in these women in tech. Well, I'm going to let you kind of kick it off today. I know that you have some success secrets for our tech divas that can help them do the things that you're really a great coach at, finding their voice. So where do you want to start today? So I want to start as an HR leader. I really work with a lot of my clients uh, uh, around visibility and how to get visible um, in their organization and how to build their their leadership brand. Um, A lot of, uh, and again, as you mentioned, Nicole, I'm in a uh, technology company. So um, in, in our organization, we have what we call quarterly talent reviews 
where we're the leadership team is coming together and we're talking about key leaders or key high potentials in the organization. And to be honest with you, there's not enough women names in that room. And so I am the one, me and a couple other female leaders is like, well, what about Janet? What about Sharon? What about Susan? And if they're not ready, what are we doing to get them ready? So I'm doing that in my full-time job. <laughs> and so on the back end in my, my coaching business, I'm getting the women ready. <laughs> so, I love so, it. I love it. That's sort of the best of both worlds, right? Like, what are they saying about you when you're not in the room? Yeah, I've heard that called sponsorship, right? Sponsorship is having enough people that when you're not in the room, someone else is bringing you in. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, a lot of times I hear from, uh, you know, women like, well, you know, my manager is not going to bring me my name in the room. Okay. Because I, I, you know, I understand that if, if you don't totally click with your manager and you, and you believe your manager may not, you know, advocate for you in the room. Well, what about other relationships across the organization? Your manager may not put, pull your name in the room, but another person, another leader may say, well, why is it, why is it Michelle or Nicole on this list? I've worked with her, you know, in Project XYZ. And so, you know, manager, why are you not pulling her name in? Because she's great. So when you build relationships around the organization, you don't have to depend on your manager to someone else will bring your name in the room for a key role and say, um, I'm not sure why, you know, John didn't put her name on the list but she needs to be on the list. So that is, you know, so that is a part of, you know, your brand and building those key relationships, even if the key relationship is outside of your management chain. So let me double click on that. If you could give one tip for managing your brand inside the company and potentially managing your brand outside the company, as we look at LinkedIn and things like that, can you give me one on both sides of those? Sure. First question I ask is, what do you want to be known for? You got to get clear on that. What do you want to be known for? And if you have a technical expertise or, or you the subject matter expert in a, you know, in a discipline, then if that's what you want to be known for, you really want to build your craft, you know, get your knowledge base around that and build your credibility around that discipline. As, and that way you can become the go-to person for whatever that discipline is. So in other words, when they're having meetings in the organization and you're not in the room, they're like, well, wait, wait a minute, where's Susan? Because she's the SME on this, this, we need to hear her voice. We want to hear her voice, right? So just building, you know, doing your homework and, and building your craft is what I call it. And then building credibility around that. So you become known as the go-to person. Now, if it's not a SME, you know, you're not an SME and you, hey, you can even build your brand around just being dependable. 
you can build your brand around, we know she's going to show up on time and we know that she's going to give us honest feedback, even if we don't maybe not want to hear it. So we need her in the room. So you can really build your brand, you know, how you want to be known around a lot of different things. And then you become very good at that. And that builds your brand internally. Now, externally, now I'm going to say this on LinkedIn and some of these, you know, the social media, you have to watch it because people are watching you. (laughs) You know, you, you know, your post, what you're posting, um, what you're saying, those things, believe it or not, as the HR, the recruiters, when they're going out and they're looking uh, you know, to recruit talent in the organization. Absolutely. They're on all the social media platforms. <laughs> so I, you know, I share, you really have to be careful with what your external brand is, because those could be the potential things that, you know, may not get you the foot in the door, you know, with the interview. And it's, it's, it's so unfair because they don't even know you as a person but yet they see a post of some sort and it kind of cuts you right out of the, you know, right out of the pool before yeah. you can even get in there and show how brilliant you are. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I have questions on both really fast. Okay. One on the inside, when you're looking at your inside brand, obviously I want like a couple tidbits of actionable things they could do. For example, I proactively provide my manager with what I've done so that they're walking into the meeting with that in their email. And I think I used to do a quarterly report, find out what's best for your leader and do that. But I have a question about building your brand because there's this, uh, they call it the first rung of the ladder. And when I've studied the data of women in technology careers, the hardest jump for them is to move from individual contributor to leader. I think you might be able to give some good things so that we can continue to improve the first level manager, that is where it's broken. That first level manager, we need more women. We need more women of color. And so how do you think um, women can work towards that? You touched on something critical because that first level manager, that's the feeder pool to the leadership, (laughs) to the top level. So organizations focus on that top level, but what about your feeder pool that is kind of you know, and if your feeder pool is not diverse or not, don't have women or people of color or women of color, that's the feeder pool to the yes. leadership. So, but to answer your question, the advice that I give, the first thing you want to do is you have to let it be known that's your goal. Um, there are so many times, you know, have a career conversation. That's the first thing I usually ask managers. Have you had a career conversation with your employee. Do you know what her aspirations are? Because we can sit at the table when we're talking through talent and guests, but who has had a conversation? So as a, a, per, a woman that wants to transition, you have to have let your manager know, look, I'm an SME. This is where I want to take my career. And I really would like to become, you know, get into more leadership And uh, so please be on the lookout for any opportunities that I could, you know, 
um, actually volunteer or become part of a team where I can learn. Is there anything, any training that I need to take to build up my people skills? Um, because that's another thing, you know, with leadership, you got to have core people skills so you can lead people. Once you get a team, do they trust you? Do you care about them? Do you have the interpersonal and communication skills? So, but if you share that with your manager, hopefully your manager would take that information and be like, oh, great, this is what you want to do. Okay, well, let's build a developmental plan around that. And let's make sure you get what you need so you can be ready for, you know, when a, a manager or a leadership job opens. I've heard people say, well, you know what? I really don't trust. I don't know if I can have that conversation with my manager. You know, I don't want them to think that, you know, I might be looking to leave or anything like that. You know, just be honest with that person. Look, I, I would love to stay within the organization, but I really want to move in this direction. Yeah, I think it's all about being clear on your goals. So you could frame it like that. I have a goal to achieve a manager role. And I've had people interview, I think it was Tolly who interviewed and she said, you know, they didn't have that next level for her. So she had to leave the company, but that Mm -hmm. at least your company's clear. You're not leaving for any other reason. And I love what you said about training. A lot of companies offer free internal leadership training. There is not something you have to find a crazy budget for. There is so much you can do for free. You could even say, I've been listening to these podcasts. So if you want to be a leader, that's your goal. Then you break it down and say, what are the action steps to do it? It's taking the free training. It's communicating it to your manager. It's finding opportunities to shadow managers. Mm -hmm. It's looking for what manager roles exist inside and outside your company and knowing that job rack. So many things that you can do. And you know what? And if you can't get those things inside your organization, think about ways that you can get that kind of experience outside of your organization. Mm -hmm. So in other words, a lot of the uh, professional associations, I know I did that for my career. First thing I did was join the HR association, the national one, and then my local uh, chapter. And, And so then I was like, okay, let me get on the board of directors of the local chapter. And then, you know, so then I was able to network and, you know, learn new skills and, and had informal mentors um, that were in key leadership roles and I could learn from, from them. So if, you know, so there are ways to get that outside of the organization as well as internal. That, that is such a great tip. And I love that you brought up. That's exactly what I've done too. When mm-hmm. they don't give you a chance to lead internally, lead externally. Yes. Oh my goodness. Put it on your resume. That's the other thing. And you put that experience. Look, I was the, you know, board treasurer or, or, you know, you put it on your resume and then people are like, and those, you know, are normally volunteer positions. So people get pretty impressed. It's like, okay, she was volunteer leader. Right. So that yes. kind of shows that, you know, you're willing to step up. Yes. And that's servant leadership too, because when you're in yeah. those positions, you're usually serving here. The quote that I love is if you could get people to work for you for free and love it, then they'll really love working for you when you can pay them. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and then it's harder when you have to rally people that are not paid, that are exactly. doing it when they're away from their kids and away from their family. And it's kind of a best effort thing. And you want them to enjoy it. 
and be yeah. clear on what little thing they can do to contribute. Awesome. Well, those were some very great ones. I have a question on the outside. I know many, many of us are on social media. The pandemic has brought probably more people online. You know, I'm even doing things like Clubhouse, which is an interesting platform as well and very time sucking. So (laughs) when it comes to social media as an HR professional, what are some of the things that you can share with our tech divas? My company, we have a LinkedIn a corporate account that all of my recruiters, you know, they they have, you know, the logins to be able to recruit off of, you know, LinkedIn. But and they can cross-reference it with their personal profile if they want to, but they're not required to. But at no point, you know, we buy the corporate package for them and it's sort of an add-on to their profile. So if they leave the company, you know, we turn that off but then they still have their personal profile and we don't have their username or their password or anything. The company should not be asking for your password or your username to get in any social media. Now, a lot of organizations have their own Twitter accounts, LinkedIn accounts. I know my company does. Our marketing team, they are all out there, right? Tweeting, LinkedIn, even Facebook. That's part of the employer brand. So they're doing a lot of the branding and our jobs are being pushed out all across all of the platforms. But again, those are all corporate social media accounts. How does it show up when someone has a rock star brand in the HR room behind closed doors? What would that sound and feel like in relation to looking at a candidate? What's oh, an example? Yeah, so from an HR standpoint, when we see that you have a strong brand like that, you're out in social media and you're positive and, and, you know, especially using you as an example, Nicole, so you have this technology piece and you're rallying for women and all that. It's like, wow, from an HR standpoint, a corporate standpoint, it's like, wow, what she's doing on her own Just imagine the ideas that she can bring internal to our organization to get us moving in a different direction, or maybe we need to do more. And she sounds like she's great and can help us with this. So if you have that kind of a brand out there on social media, where you are pretty much like your credibility is high, right? Organizations love that because it's like, wow, fresh ideas, innovation. (laughs) Yes, get her in, get her on the team. (laughs) We need all of that, right? So yeah, it it can definitely work in your favor in your discipline. So I strongly encourage it. And and we like to see that because it's like, wow, you know, can what can she bring to us? You know, we need that. How has that changed? You think if you look 10 years ago, you would never have that conversation about a candidate. And now it's something where you're like, wow, that would be a great spokesperson for our organization because they're, they have an X following and it's around our values. Yeah. 10 years ago, it it didn't exist. (laughs) That whole conversation uh, really didn't exist. I guess the messaging 10 years ago was um, sort of still the same message today, but more of be careful what you put out on social media, you know, because the bad stuff 
it was all around like, you know, be, uh, you know, be positive and, or at least be cognizant of your um, brand or your profile because recruiters are looking. And so that could be the one thing that, you know, screen you out of the process. So now that we're in 2021, it is more conversations about, wow, okay, this person has a strong brand, you know, and it's positive and, you know, they're, you know, hooked into different networks. And so how, if, if that person was to come on board, can he or she help us with that? You know, help us leverage that. What could we be doing as an organization to even build more of a partnership and have uh, Nicole lead that for us. That's more the conversation as opposed to what it was 10 years ago where, you know, it's like, uh, be careful. And I know you are really great at helping women find their voice. So what else do you want to share today with our tech divas? Finding your voice is just so important. You know, for years in my career in HR, you know, I have been in rooms um, where I'm the only woman, you know, sitting at the table. And more than often, I was the only woman of color sitting at the table. And sometimes, you know, a lot of times I felt invisible, like conversations, discussions were happening. And I had something to contribute, but I was hesitant to put that out in the room. And so, you know, it took me a while to work through that personally, because, you know, I'm like, I'm, you know, I finally got to that point where it's, okay, I'm in the room for a reason. And for me to have a thought or to, to you know, have a, a, an opinion about something and not share it, that is doing a disservice to, and especially for me being in human resources, right? that voice needs to be in the room. And once I kind of got clear, shifted my mindset on that, then even if everybody in the room was saying red and I'm sitting there and I'm listening to all the conversation and I think it's blue. (laughs) Now I'm like, okay, everybody think it's red, but let me tell you, I think it's blue. And here's the reason why. So just to get my opinion out there. Now, once I explain why I think it's blue and I'm coming from a different perspective, I'm coming as an employee advocate, I'm coming in, then it kind of stopped the conversations for listen, oh, wow, we haven't hadn't thought about that. You know, oh, well, that's a good point, Lisa. The more I became comfortable doing that, then the more I felt like, okay, you're in the seat and you're in that room for a reason and you're doing everyone a disservice if you do not share your voice. And so I know what I went through in my career and now just have a passion for helping other women who might you know, be feeling the same way I felt that you have something to contribute. Your voice is valuable. And you got to get that confidence to put it out there in the room. And, you know, sometimes they still will say, okay, Lisa, we heard you're blue. We're going to still go red. That may still happen. Okay, but at least you heard my perspective, right? 
we may still need to go red for business reasons or you know financial reasons or whatever but you're going to hear my blue as i work with you know other women on this i'm like okay what's the inner voice that's going through your head that's limiting you from putting your voice on the table you're there for a reason they need to hear you mm -hmm. now you know now that i found my voice they're in trouble now cuz <laughs> Because I'm going to say it, whether you, whether you respect it or not, or not, you we need to hear a different perspective, you know, on on that whole situation. Another tip uh, to help, uh, especially women. I've done this in meetings. Once I found my voice, you know, it's it's sort of hard to, you know, go quiet again. And I will witness in a meeting that another woman is trying to put her position on the table. And the men are talking over her. That's happened to me. And I've seen it happen to, to other women, in, like in a meeting. And I will, I've done this a couple of times. I will come in, like she's still, you know, I can see her trying to get her position on the table. Someone will hijack her idea. And so then I will hijack it back and say, oh, great, Johnny. That's exactly what Sharon said. Sharon, can you make that point again? Because that happens in meetings. Like you're trying to talk, everybody's talking over you and it's like, hey, can I get a word in edgewise? And so that can be so discouraging, right? That you can't get a word in. And then you do get the word in and someone takes your idea, literally, like right in front of you, like hijack it. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Isn't that what she just said? That's why exactly. I love your premise about finding your voice, because when you find your voice, you find it for others. Now we have to have an art. There is a way to, to say it with respect and professionally. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 But then I did, you know, I've actually had a, uh, uh, after a meeting, a man come up to me and said, Lisa, I didn't realize I was doing that. So it was kind of an awareness moment for yeah. him that he didn't realize that he was, you know, speaking over and wouldn't allow someone to, to sort of put their position on the table. So, you know, it's, it, it, you know, but you're right. There is definitely professionalism and a, fin a finesse to it uh, where you don't, um, you know, put people off because mm -hmm. um, you do have to be careful yes. with that as well. And man, we could just talk all day, but we are coming to the end of the episode. So I need to kind of get those last nuggets from you and then we'll make sure people can get in touch with you. So what do you want to leave our audience with today? So I want to leave the audience with how just important and critical um, building your brand, your leadership brand is. And it really starts with your goals of what you want to accomplish. And in order to lead authentically, you have to get clear on your values. Your value system drives your behavior. It drives, you know, you, how you interact with people. So really, until I got very clear um, about my top five values, and once I became clear on that, you know, I could actually roll the movie tape back. It's like, huh, I didn't realize how strong of a value that was for me. So wonder, you know, when I look back through my career, I was like, mm, so wonder I was miserable in that job. <laughs> so
So, you know, your values will definitely drive um, a lot of how you um, show up in the workplace. And um, so you definitely want to get clear with that, which really leads to your brand and being strategic and intentional about building your brand. Absolutely. Lots of usable nuggets here. I hope the tech divas go out and start to really look and evaluate what you might want to clean up of your brand. What does it look like? Find those values, weave it in. And if you need extra help, I know someone who can help you. It's Lisa Anderson and she can help you. So how can people find you for that coaching experience so that you can really review where they're at and help them put that uh, polish on it? Where can they reach out? Sure. So you can find me, um, my website is www.positivelyinpursuit.com. I am on all the social media platforms. Um, LinkedIn is probably the most uh, prevalent that, you know, I make a lot of connections on. And I'm on LinkedIn as Lisa Anderson, um, comma, and I have some uh, certifications behind my name, SPHR. SHRM, SCP, and CPC. Now, the problem is there's so many Lisa Andersons on LinkedIn because my name is so common. So um, if you just type in Lisa Anderson and SPHR, it should pop uh, pop up. Uh, And then also, you know, um, if you, I'll even put my email out here, lisa.anderson at positivelyinpursuit.com. So yeah, I love connecting with people. I love, uh, you know, networking. So definitely uh, reach out if you have any questions. Well, again, it's a pleasure. I'm so lucky that during this time, I'm able to connect with women like you. I just find a little piece of myself and everybody. And I love what you talked about and hope that this is helping make Tech Divas that 1% better so we can all rise together. So find your voice, use it, be an ally. And if they don't want it, find a company that will. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much, Nicole. Thanks, Lisa. Have a wonderful day. Thank you again. You too. Thank you again for listening. And we really hope this sparks something in you that you can use to manifest more success in your life. Please give us a rating or review. We would love to see how the show has inspired you. You can also connect with Tech Diva Success on Twitter, Insta, and Facebook. We're very easy to find under that name. And we hope this episode was fire for you.